are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to jump in and dissect our February breakfast with Dave Jewett. Uh, if you guys have not had a chance to listen to that recording yet, feel free to go back. It should be the one right before this. But if that name sounds familiar, it's because Dave Jewett has kind of been, uh, I would say, woven in and out of brotherhood just through the relationships that he's had uh, with many of the guys in the brotherhood, but then also the one degree small group that uh, church has done uh, as a brotherhood uh, small group. So there's been a, a lot of kind of focus on in, in the brotherhood kind of, you know, obviously we want to walk towards God. We want to walk towards his design for us. And the beautiful thing about what Dave does with your one degree and, and what the one degree small group does is it really helps you kind of gauge where you're at in the seasons of life. And then also look at what God has been preparing you for. So uh, for, for me and, and uh, today I have Johnny Hampton on the, the, on the podcast with us today. So I'm really excited to hear his insight into this. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Johnny, Johnny's one of the founders of uh, the Brotherhood Breakfast, and he's uh, pretty instrumental in a lot of the different things that go on here at Brotherhood. But uh, I think the cool thing for, for us today is, uh, you know, I'm still walking through, you know, my journey. Uh, Johnny, I know you're still walking through your journey, and it's really cool to see, like, I, I think every time I hear from Dave, I get more out of it, even though I, I know what he's talking about. I know where he's going to go with a lot of the stuff just from, uh, you know, my experience with one degree and, and, and some of the, the things that he's talked about, but, uh, man, it, it feels like the more we, uh, progress in our life journey, uh, the more important our you know, tapping into our purpose and, and understanding what God's preparing us for really, really comes into you. So Johnny say hello to everybody. Uh, and I'd love to kind of hear your initial thoughts of, uh, you know, what, what Dave had to say, man, good to be on here, Evan. It's been a while since, since I've been on here, but yeah, I've been loving our audience that's growing. Uh, and as guys are listening in and, you know, we see you, if you're listening in, man, we really, we don't see you, but we, we see your numbers and we know that you are really pressing in to learning more and to finding out what God has for you. And especially in this one, I think, you know, I've been walking with Dave for probably, I don't know, probably a couple years now. And uh, I, it was just, it was a real honor to have him there, you know, in our, uh, in brotherhood and, and actually sitting at that breakfast, uh, just because some of the things he had said, some of the things I had not heard before, but other things um, I have heard. And there's, you know, there's notes all across my monitor here, if you could see that, uh, of things that he said and just gold nuggets that I just, I've learned to live. You know, it's, I think the longer I live, the more I really begin to appreciate men who've gone before me and are living out what it's like to live with Jesus for a long time. And you see the benefit of that. And, you know, he mentions that quite a bit in this about ending well. And I think, you know, we don't always think about ending well. Some of our guys think about starting well and, you know, we're at all different places, but if you, you start with the end in mind, you really have to think, what do I have to do to be able to end well? And what can, how can I be on that track now? And he led us through that. I thought really, really well. Yeah. I, I think the interesting thing is, is maybe just, and I, I'm going to put us kind of in the same age bracket here. I don't know that we sure. always think about the end part, right? I think right. kind of leading up to a lot of this, it's been like, all right, you know, what is, what are, what are my gifts? What are my strengths? What are, what are, what is the purpose that God has for me? And so I, I think we're always focused on that, that part of the journey. 
Uh, and then at some point, like, you know, we want to get to the flourishing part and then we want to get to the part where we're, we're ending well. So I think we're kind of maybe in the early stages of flourishing. Uh, that's, that's, that's really the, the place that, that we kind of think that we want to end at. But I think that what, what Dave's is, is kind of walking through and showing is that there's, there's more to that. And that, that purpose, that uniqueness that God gives us leads to something else, which he calls it ending well. Um, and I, I think that when we're, we're looking at that part of it, I don't know. Do, do you think about ending? Like, like, I don't, I, like, that's just, I don't know that that's always just kind of on my mind is, is like, you know, the, the culmination of our journey, like the completion of it. You know, I, I still feel like that's a, a di- like a, a long ways away, but I think it's important to start, you know, thinking about it now and, and really, uh, you know, holding on to the fact that there is only so much time and there is only so much influence. And there is only so much that we can do uh, to point back to, to God and, and to really walk and bridge that gap, right? The, 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 oh, what is it? What did he call it? Uh, you know, he, he's got that line and, and, and we're looking to, uh, uh, bridge the gap. Oh, I can't think of it. can't think of the name of it, but, uh, the frustration gap, there it is. Yeah. So he calls it the frustration gap. He doesn't talk about it in, in the breakfast, but he does talk about it in the book where it's like, this is where our purpose is. And then, you know, where we are below that, is that distance is that frustration gap. We, we just want to consistently close that. And if we can get closer and closer to that line of what God's purpose is and kingdom Im- impact, then that's ultimately where we want to be. But um, he really alludes a lot to that part of it with the importance of abiding and, and abiding in Christ, knowing knowing God's voice, knowing his will for us. And that's what really helps us trim that distance and walk towards it. So Johnny, man, my, my first question for you is, is one of Dave's questions is, are you abiding right now? I mean, you know, I think that, especially, you know, our year didn't start out exactly how I thought it would start out. I think, uh, we ended our year as a company, uh, 30% higher revenue than the year before. And then January comes and you find, um, that, things have not been what we thought Mm. February has been the same. So you find yourself getting into a lot of anxiety and I have a big sticky note here on my monitor that's been sitting there for three months. It says, when I feel anxious, I ask myself, God, where do I need to trust you in this? Oh yeah. And so I continue to get pulled back to that, which is a Dave Jewett ism. uh, And obviously very scriptural too, but to be anxious for nothing, but with everything by prayer and supplication, continual, continual, continually make your request, make your request be known to God. And I think that's where you have a choice. We all have a choice. I can choose to be in worry and anxiety, or I can choose to be in faith, but I can't do both. It's kind of like driving a car with your foot on the gas and your foot on the brakes. Like you just, you can't do that. And so I have to be in one camp or the other. And I just said this to one of my employees a few minutes ago, I just said, look, we, we have a choice here. We're either going to be in faith and trust God, or we're going to be in anxiety and just be stressed out all the time and stress all of our people out. And so I think that's something that I've, I really have to work on every day is to make sure that I am being anxious for nothing because anxiety is not where Jesus lives. That's where the enemy comes in and does the, the evil work. And that's where he, he talked about that stair step thing as you begin to go down on that. I think that's, that is such a really, I mean, such a real thing as you start 
you have fatigue because you know anxiety brings fatigue you get tired and your brain just circles and circles and circles on things and then you get to hopelessness and i'm like i don't want to be living in hopelessness because then this that negative ladder that he talked about just continues to take you down a dark path that is not and that's where you end up in sin and you end up in addiction you end up in other things because you're really what you're trying to do is fill your life with things that you were not meant to fill it with because the hole that you have there is only meant to be filled with a relationship and a trust in Jesus that you walk out every single day, even when it's tough, even when maybe you don't even believe it. I've got to jump in and say, God, I believe you are with me and you are for me, even at a time where I may not physically see it with, with my with my physical eyes. But Because honestly, what we see is temporary, but what is unseen, the Bible says, is eternal. And so I have to be really careful to think about the eternal things that God is for me, that God wants me to win, that God wants my business to thrive. And if I stay on those in that place and those thinking that thinking, it's it's the scripture that also talks about whatsoever things are good and lovely. If there's any any virtue of anything that excellent, think on these things. I have to stay on that, not on the side of anxiety, because that is a dark road that that he just he talked about in the ladder. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that ladder up because I actually have it here in front of me. And the, here's a kind of the insightful part that that kind of this strikes me with this right so let, let I, I think that you and I are probably in the, the same camp of like the steps of this ladder is a natural progression right like I don't think we like argue against you know where these steps lead or, or what they ultimately mean so so it's it's like we have the answers to the test right in front of us right but when we're going right. through the test like sometimes, sometimes we just, we're, we're, we're putting the wrong answers, right? So it's like, I know where this goes. I know this goes to uh, disillusionment, disengagement and disaster. Like, and I know I'm, I'm on step right. three, right? <laughs> or no, I'm on, maybe I'm on step four, right. like losing hope and discouragement. So it's like, where does that path go? Mm -hmm. It ultimately leads to disaster. So if you kind of look at this and go, okay, you know, Dave's given me the playbook here. You know, he's, he's, right. he's taken the the scripture that, that God said, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. We're on the path to nothing when we're on that, that lower path, that lower ladder. However, yeah. the good news is there's another path, right? There's a different place and step mm -hmm. that we can take. And that leads to finishing well. And so when we, when we temporarily jump down, and I think that you, this ladder per se, like, I think you can bounce back and forth on it. I, I don't, I don't right. think that, uh, you know, just because you're on step four, then you have to go back to step two or step three and step two. Right. I think you can go back to like, okay, like, all right, now I got to pray again. Now I got to trust God. Now I got to recognize that he's the vine. I'm the branches. And apart from him, I can do nothing. And so I, I think what we have to remind ourselves is we have to kind of pull back and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm back to step one again. I want to be on finishing well. That's yeah. the destination that I want to right. go to. I want to be faithful. I want to be hopeful. I want to feel empowered, but I don't feel any of that right now. I just, I'm just trusting you. And, and so right. we, we have to start in that same place and then continue back on the path to finishing well. And if you get off that path, recognize that you've gotten off that path and adjust. And I think that it's difficult to do when you're not abiding because when you're not abiding, you're not reminding yourself yeah that, Hey, this could be a, this is a spiritual journey. This is also a spiritual battle. And I'm in a situation where it feels like 
desolation. It feels like discouragement. Like I'm tired. I'm trying. And I, I think that when you start recognizing that you're saying, I'm tired, I feel all those different things, which I, I think are very normal things to feel, but you're, you're not including God in that. You're right. not saying, Hey, Hey God, you're, you're the God of exceedingly abundantly right. above all things. And you have a plan for me and you've prepared me for this. And you put me in this position in this situation yeah. and acknowledging his presence and all of that stuff, instead of trying to put all that burden on our back and try to carry it. Because again, we have the playbook. We know that we're ill-equipped to do it, but I think just because of, you know, the world that we live in and everything else, that the tangible side of what we do, I think it's easy to bounce back and forth. So I guess that goes back to my, my first question, Johnny, are you abiding? Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it every single day and it's, it's a, it's a struggle. I told my kids the other day, I said, you know, one of them was going through something and I said, you know, emotions lie to you a lot. They, you know, and, and the enemy in the same way, you know, you can, if you've ever heard the roar of a real lion, it is the most terrifying thing you've ever heard. It is very terrifying, but that's really where the enemy is always in our ear roaring, whatever, you know, you're not enough. You're, you know, this is not going to go through. You're not going to make it. You don't have what it takes. Uh, this, you know, there's a recession in place and, you know, finances are tough and gas prices are high. And it's just this roar that's constantly in your ear. And I think you can spend time listening to the roar. But again, the enemy is, it says he's as a roaring lion, lion, meaning that it's, it's kind of just a noise that really has nothing to back it up. So it's as if I have a, a play button on my, on my computer that I can hit that just roars, but it really has not, there's, there's not a line behind it. It's just a noise. And I think that's where every day we talk about abiding and striving. You can get into striving when the enemy's voice is the loudest voice in your head. And that's why we've been talking so much at brotherhood and also at really at church and move about being in God's word, about listening to his word. And what I was telling my boys the other day was, you have got to have God's word in your ear more than you hear the roar of the lion, meaning that no matter what's going on in your life, you're hanging on to the anchor. The, you know, Scripture is called the anchor. It is our anchor. It is also our lighthouse. So when tough times come, you're hanging on to that as if that's all you have, because it truly is all that all that we have on this side of heaven is God's word. He left it. He left his word. Uh, and it is the only living thing that makes that makes a difference. But I. I also use this analogy that I thought was that I heard the day I thought was really interesting. If you've ever seen that, like if you've watched a fruit tree and especially for fruit that is that changes colors, I think about this a lot being in the creative field. You think about looking at a like a lemon tree, for instance, that lemon starts out looking like a lime and it's green and then it turns yellow. But that that lemon doesn't stay on that vine and worry about whether or not or when it's going to become a lemon. It knows it's connected to the vine and in due season, it will do, it will become what it needs to become. It's not striving. It's not, it can't make itself become yellow. It is relying on the vine to be what it needs to be. And so that was such a clear picture for me to say, you know, why am I striving to make things happen that I can't even make happen? You know, God's relationship with me, I do my part, but God is, I mean, he is chasing us down as men because he wants to give us good things. He wants to see us fulfill our purpose. But the more we sit on that vine and stress out, um, it doesn't help the situation at all. And it definitely doesn't help us get to our goal. So we have to really consider abiding. And there's a reason why he used vines, because vines are, it's a picture of, 
uh, I'm a big gardener. So for me, that that is a clear picture for me. Do I get mad because the tomato doesn't hurry up and turn red? No, I know in due season and at the right time, it will happen. If it's being fed and it's getting all the things it needs, it will do that. But we have to make sure that we're seeing things like that. Like I'm connected to the vine. He's going to provide for me what I need. Am I, am I connected to him? Am I doing my part into seeking him first and putting you know his kingdom first in my life? Then in due season, I will become what I need to become. And the situation I'm dealing with that would normally bring me, bring me anxiety, I have to trust that he's got it and he's making it come to pass in his time and in his season. Are you talking to me or are you talking to yourself right now? Because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like you were. Doing the, I just got like privy to oh, a little bit of Johnny Hampton's self talk right there. No, it's where I am. I mean, it's it's. I have to I have to keep word. I'm a, I'm very visual, so I have to keep word pictures in front of me, uh, based on his word, and have to say, Lord, I, I don't. In and of myself, we, we all we all default to emotions. We default to we default to anxiety and frustration and and wanting to strive because you know. Uh, I'll beat my chest and make something happen. I'll make that phone call. I'll send that email, send that text, and I can make things happen. But at some point, you have to say, Lord, I have to rely on you and abide in you more than striving in the things that I can do because I run out. I mean, we run out. We just run out of, of, of contacts. We run out of things. But in, in God is an endless supply yeah. because we're connected to well, the vine. Man, I'm trying to. It's it's kind of blurring together because I went back and listened to my interview with uh, Dave back in 2001 when we were kind of setting up the uh, the very first uh, one degree small group that we were going to do, and uh, just kind of going through like kind of his examples of all of this stuff. But I think the important part of this is kind of being able to point back to God and and pointing back to His glory. Um, so I think we're, I gotta be careful how I say this. Cause I want to make sure this makes sense. Like, I think we're in some cases ill prepared and ill designed to do what God has created us to do. Does that make sense? So like, let's say that there's like a, there's abundance and there's, uh, you know, just this amazing thing that we're going to accomplish. Dave talks about them as like home runs. Like, you know, in life, sometimes you have singles, you have doubles and you have home runs. Right. I think we're ill-equipped just on our own. We're ill-equipped to hit, hit home runs. Like we're physically not capable of it. I think the only way that we can hit a home run and the only way that we can achieve what God has, uh, you know, purposed us to be is being abiding in him and, and tapping into the strength that he has. It's right. like, for me, like maybe a single, like maybe that's probably the best I'm actually prepared to do i think my mind right my mind like god god gives me an imagination and the ability to dream so he's planted in me that home run and and that uh that audacious goal that he has for me but i on my own will never be able to no matter how much training no matter how much uh individual willpower that i put into it i can't achieve that like but with god right by abiding with him, by being a part right. of that vine. Cause he says in the verse, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I guess I need to take that back. I can't mm. even hit a single. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm not even on the field. Right? right. But if I'm plugged into the vine, 
the capacity for what I'm capable of with God is that home run, is, is a grand slam home run. And that's, I think, what we need to sometimes mm-hmm. kind of step back from and, and realize is like, yeah, God's put a purpose in us. God's given us a dream. God's given us uh, authority to do things, and he's given us influence in people's lives. But I think sometimes we forget, well, I, I won't even say sometimes, a lot of the time we forget that apart from God, we can do nothing. And we really need to point back to him and give glory to him so that in some cases, like you would look at me and say, I don't know how he did that. And, you know, that's kind of naturally the, the, the questions like, how did you do this? How did you get there? And then my job is to say, not because of me, but because of God, because of his faithfulness, because of his grace, because of his power, he, through me was able to accomplish this, not on my own. My, my dream was never to do that. I, I probably couldn't have even had the capacity to dream that what, what God's purpose was. And I, I think that that's kind of the importance of abiding. Well, you think about um, as men, we can tend to trail off and you think about what happened with Abraham and Sarah is that God promised him he would be a father of many nations and it didn't happen the time that they thought it would. So Ishmael, Ishmael was their answer to try to solve so Ishmael. Yeah, God's <laughs> promise. And so we try to and that's a, that's a, that's called striving. They strive the way they 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 were striving to make it happen and they knew they were coming to the end of their body's ability to produce, so they just said, "Okay, we'll just we'll just make this happen." Well, it was a terrible idea and it's been still causing us problems <laughs> through through the descendants of Ishmael. But what God wanted to do was Isaac, you know, and so I think I've got to be really careful that I don't try to force God's hand at thing because again we can we can make things happen Evan we as as CEOs and business leaders man I can make a lot of things happen but it doesn't mean that that's what God wanted to happen so we do when he says nothing you can do nothing meaning what you do produces nothing when you're doing it apart from him and not abiding in him uh, to me that is that is something I have to think about a lot is like just because I can doesn't mean that I should yeah. You know, I need to sit back and 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 ask God, what do you need me to do in this moment? Which is why the sticky note sit here. God, where sits sits on my monitor and says, God, where do I need to trust you in this? Not God, what phone call do I need to make? I mean, there, there's oftentimes there is a do, and sometimes there's not. Sometimes you just need to sit there and shut your mouth <laughs> and let and let God work on you for a minute before you you do something you sh- that you'll regret later. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of goes back to that earlier question that, that you, you brought up. It says, ask the Father what he wants us to trust him for. And he kind of gave that example yeah. of um, when he had his quarterly taxes due. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, man, I don't have the money for this. I got it. And I think the, the my favorite moment from that breakfast was when he's like, and I wrote in my journal. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I was like, I never thought to write in my journal, like, yeah, uh, yeah. But like, I knew exactly how he felt, right? Yeah. Like, it just communicated exactly, like, the stress of that moment. It's like, God, I don't, I don't know what to do. But he, he kind of alluded to after that. He says, God's trying to shift your attention away from the circumstance to His care and perspective for you, right? And I, I think that's what's really important. And when he kind of stepped back. And went to God and was like, God, hey, uh, so I know you already know this, but this is not good. 
and I need your help. And he was just like, Hey man, thanks for, thanks for coming to me. Yeah. Uh, I got you. Yeah. And behind the scenes, I've been working on your behalf mm-hmm. this whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm. And his response was, will you trust me? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that <laughs> the other part of it was really funny. It was like, I'm the one that tells people to give to you. Right. Ministry, not right. <laughs> it's not anything that you did. Well, when did it become yours? I mean, that's the thing. And I, I have to ask myself that a lot. And I talked to my wife, Crystal about that. I was like, since when am I trying to execute God's will in my own life? Like his will is his will. And why, when did I become the Lord of it? You know, I make, I, yeah. I, I want to see things happen. So I just start striving to make things happen. You know, one thing he says in here that I think is really critical is, is just again, focusing on the idea of abide. Again, that's not a word we use very often in our modern vernacular, especially as men. But he says, you know, abiding is awareness of God's presence. You know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was dealing with, you know, again, struggle with, with uh, trying to make things happen and frustration with business and a lot of different things going on. And I'm walking through Lowe's. I mean, of all the places I just walked through, I had to get a few things. And I just found myself praying through Lowe's as I'm walking through. That is what abiding is, is to say you are, I was stopping in my, in all of my thinking and trying to, I stop my thoughts and I say, I'm going to turn my thoughts toward inviting God into the situation that I can't solve anyway. And saying, Lord, help me understand where you're at work in this. Help me understand what I need to learn because I don't want to keep circling the same old thing, continuing to strive, continuing to be frustrated, continuing to make things happen. And, and just conversation, Lord, I need your help. I need your help in this situation. And I'm surrendering my will to yours and what I want to happen to what your will is because we want his perfect will executed in our lives. But he has to be invited in. I have to invite him into the conversation because as long as I've got it, again, it's like driving a car. We can't both drive it at the same time. Either he's going to drive or I'm going to drive. But he will let you drive. He will let you drive. And I'll tell you, I've been in a lot of ditches. He, you will drive that thing right off the road into the ditch. And it, you know, it's avoidable. It's just avoidable because abiding, not striving. So what I'm hearing you say is uh, Jesus take the wheel. I think. I think that would work. We could sing a little. I think that was. Uh, if you want to, if you want to, you know, throw a few bars out there, we'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hear you. Uh, everyone will hit hit pause on this real quick. So let's not do that. We just have to recognize His voice. He's always speaking. God is always speaking to us. The Holy Spirit is always saying things to us. But again, we won't shut up long enough to listen. So sometimes, you know, we talk. We've been talking about this a lot at our church about making space. Like, what does it mean to make space for him? Uh, and, and abiding requires oftentimes not saying anything. Sometimes it's just listening to the still small voice and hearing him say, this is the way, walk in it. Um, but we've got to be quiet long enough to hear the voice. Yeah, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, just like kind of taking a moment for prayer and recognizing that, you know, a lot of times when I think of prayer, I think of me talking. Right. So like even, even at church, I think there's more to prayer than just a kind of diary of the mouth of just yeah. kind of like, here's my problems, here's my challenges and, or, you know, here's my hope for you, God. Or in some cases it's, it's quoting scripture or it's, it's quoting other prayers that you've heard before that are relevant to the situation. But often we're not in a situation where we're, we're in, we're in a, an environment of people and we say, let's pray. And then there's silence. And I think that sometimes we need to really take that moment. I mean, we call it a quiet time for a reason. It's where we, we quiet everything around us for the sole purpose of spending time with God and, and hearing from him and hearing his voice. Now, one thing I do want to, uh, 
kind of point back to, because we have talked about this a little bit too, is in order to know God's voice, because this was like, for me, like a couple years ago when I went on my mountain man trip, I was like, man, I just want to hear from God. I just want to hear his voice. I want to know his voice. So I, I want to intentionally seek him so that when challenges come up, when adversity strikes or or when he's trying to say something to me, I'm able to say, that's God's voice speaking to me. And so like I went on this journey of like, how do I, how do I recognize this? Like, what does it sound like? Is it deep? Is it, you know, is it, is it loud? Is it, is it a whisper? Is it like a stirring in my soul? Is it, you know, what is it? And, uh, kind of as I was on my, my mountain man journey, like some of it was just the time that I spent with the guys and other as was when I was just literally, I, I was climbing up to base camp and I was breathing like three times for every step that I was taking. But I think I, for me, I felt like I had more clarity into like what God, like I, it was a little bit more of a dialogue than it was a, just a singular prayer. But I think what, what I w- really want to hit on is when you are trying to hear God's voice and you're trying to understand God's voice and recognize God's voice, he actually does give you a, a template for what his voice sounds like. It's, it's the Bible. It's, it's literally his word. Like he's written, he's written it down. And so when you, when you hear him speak to other people in the Bible, that's his voice. So, and because he doesn't change and he, he doesn't necessarily, you know, want ill for us or whatever else, like the more that you spend that time seeking him through his word, the more that voice will become more recognizable to you because God will bring that stuff to your remembrance. And man, I want to say, was it Gabe that, I think it was Gabe that spoke this week, talked about like, he can't bring scriptures to your, uh, to your mind to like, to remind you of his voice if you've never read them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It says if, you know, if, if I hide God's word in my heart, I won't sin against him. I mean, that's, that's it. You know, I think of, he mentions John 15, 10 too. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So, I mean, you know, that's the abiding part of that is keeping his commandments, abiding in his love. Like, what does that mean exactly? Just abiding in who he is and his greatness and what, and who he uh, is as a sovereign God. Um, but yeah, you're so right. I mean, Knowing his voice, you know that I mean, you've walked with him. I've walked with him for a long time since I was 12, which is a very long time, 42 years. But you you get to where you know it, but it's also that thing of, oh, I ran over it, you know, because it's so easy just to run over it. You know, he'll say, speak something. We do this a lot with our kids when they lose their lose their keys or lose, you know, a shirt or something. I was like, well, my wife will say, did you pray about it? Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where it is. So it's in those little things, I think, that we just over overlook that God cares about the little details of our lives. He cares about, you know, even simple things as parking spots. You know, I'm in a hurry. I'm like, Lord, I this parking lot is completely full. Can you help me? There's a parking spot right there. It doesn't always happen, but I'm just saying you just see God's hand moving the little things, but you hear his voice saying, go left, don't go right today. You know, make this move. But when we're in tune with him, we hear his voice. We know his, we know his voice, and it, it, the scripture says, uh, we know the voice of the good shepherd and in the, in the voice of the stranger we don't even hear. So I'm like, it's shutting shutting down the voice of the one who wants you to strive and be in negative emotion of anxiety or depression or whatever. And listening to the voice yeah. of the good shepherd who says, that's, this is the way, walk in it. That, that's really important. And I think that even between your Lowe's example and this, those are really good examples of abiding. And I think that sometimes we look at 
like this spiritual journey that we have. And, and we, I think we make it more grandiose than, than it needs to be that simple, like going to God in prayer, like, Hey God, I'm trusting you for this. Cause I can trust, I know I can trust you in the little things, but I can also trust you in the big things. And when you're in the big things, it feels way more important, right? It feels like, all right, I really got to, I really got to make the right decision. I got to pray about it. I got to spend time with it. Yeah, we're definitely seeking God for that. But I think if you can take those moments, those smaller moments, and can and trust God in those, that that builds your faith and it builds that abiding, it builds that relationship to when those bigger decisions come, you're in a situation where it's like, God, I know your voice. I know you're faithful. I know you you have a plan for me. I know you've been preparing me for this. But you know what also, God? I know that, my entire existence doesn't depend on this one moment. My, uh, my identity doesn't depend on this moment. My, my status, my whatever it is, doesn't depend on this. So I'm going to trust you in it. And I know that you have good things planned for me, but even in that situation, no matter what happens, you're going to get me through it. And I, there's been, there's been times in my life specifically where like, it didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. And God was still able to use it. And I think that when you're in that journey of walking towards that purpose and, and trying to figure it out, like those things don't make sense. They, they, they just, they feel like you're, 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 be, you're being told a hard no and it's unfair, it's unjust. And it's just right. like, God, why are you doing this? But through the journey of your one degree and Johnny, have you done the, the one degree part with the post-it notes where he kind of maps out mm-hmm. your entire, your life thing? Have, have you noticed that when you do that, the things that didn't make any sense to you start to make sense. Yeah. And it's only yeah. because you're able to step back from that moment of looking at like, Hey God, like, what are you trying to do here? Like, right. You know, wh- why do you have it out for me? But then you can step back later on in the moment and later on in your life and be like, man, God was protecting me from something or God was steering me towards a purpose. Like I can specifically think about when I graduated from college, uh, I interviewed for two jobs. And the first interview that I got was kind of within what my, what I, my degree was. It was, it was something that, uh, I felt like, Hey, this is a natural progression of where like I can really, you know, drive my career and whatever else, but it didn't pay very, like it didn't pay very good at all. It was, it was not good. And so I had just been married. And so I was just like, man, I don't know, but I had interviewed for another job kind of within this, within the same days. So it, right. it was kind of close. The first company got back to me and they said, Hey, uh, we're int- like, we've talked about it. We, we think that you're going to be great for the company. Uh, we want to offer you the job. And I'm like, man, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about that. I was like, can I take a couple of days to think about it? I, you know, I, I've, I've interviewed for a couple of jobs. And so I just want to make sure that like I'm making the right decision. And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. No problem. Kind of fast forward a little bit. I get back to them. I'm like, Hey, I'm tell you what I do. I want to take the job. I'm excited about this. Let's get going. And they're like, Hey, we thought about it a little bit more right. and we're deciding to go a different direction. Uh, and I was just like, you offered me the job. <laughs> like what's happening? Like, so I started questioning, like, did I say the wrong thing? Like, should I have just, you know, accepted it right away? And I think their stance on it was, was like, if I wasn't super excited to be there that like, they didn't, they, they just wanted somebody who was super excited to be there. So they, they wanted to be the only thing. And I was just like, yeah. this is the first time I've interviewed for a big job before. So like, I want to kind of take some time and consider it. So like, I questioned that for a really long yeah. time, like a really long time. Like, did I make the right choice or was that right? But looking at my career path and everything that I've done, the job that I ended up getting was a job that was way more in line with my creativity, way more in line with my, my purpose to the extent that when I, when I did one degree and, and when I did some other, um, 
strength finders and other stuff, I found that I had naturally gone into, and I'm going to say naturally, but it was more God guiding me. I had naturally gone into what God's plan was for me because of some other circumstances. And if I had taken that one job, I would have, I would have been doing something that I would have absolutely just been bored out of my mind with. I would have hated it. It wouldn't have been good. I probably just knowing how stubborn I am, I probably would have stuck through it and would have made that my career. And for me, that was really God's protection saying, Hey, that's not the path that you had. And you thought that that's what it was, but it really wasn't. And and if you really kind of tuned into me much earlier, you would have seen that that would have been a much easier decision. So uh, just just knowing that part of uh, God's voice and God's plan for you is, is really important mm-hmm. uh, to ultimately finishing well. Yeah. I learned that pretty clearly uh, going to ORU because one of the, the mission statement there that God gave to Oral Roberts that he actually wrote on a napkin was raise up, raise up your students to hear my voice. And I think you know, that was the number one in that long list of mission um, was to hear his voice because it is the most important thing that we can do on this side of heaven is learning to hear his voice in the day to day because it keeps us in the straight and narrow. But again, oftentimes, you know, the voice is not real loud. Um, the voice is often, you know, pretty quiet. We often, you know, say, God, give me a sign. And like the signs usually written on your heart or something that he's told you, but we're looking for some gigantic, you know, marble monument to fall out of the sky and land in front of our car. Um, and again, I pray to pray that he never has to do that to me because I'm just so dumb that I, I'm not listening. But hearing his voice is so critical uh, every day because sometimes, you know, even in work, you know, when you work for, uh, we have a lot of clients, you know, you can hear what the client says and what the client requests. But as a leader, you also, we go back and pray over these things. And oftentimes what what the Lord will remind us is this is what the client's asking, but this is what the client needs. And so hearing that voice is not only critical for obviously your life and where you end up, it's also, it's a, it's a the thing I'll walk out every day at work. Lord, what does this client need? And how can I offer that in leadership to say, this is really what needs to happen here. Not maybe not what you think, or have you considered, have you considered going this direction? And that's, you know, that's a, that's an everyday thing, not just things for like, you know, I need, I need to know tomorrow if I need to take this job or that job, or if I need to marry this person or whatever. I think it's also on the little things. I think God cares about every detail. I mean, if scripture talks about, he knows a number of hairs on your head. I think he cares about, you know, things that we wouldn't even necessarily give to him because we think that they're just not that important. And honestly, if, as a your good father, you know, the scripture also talks about if you ask him for a piece of bread, would he give you a stone? You know, he, he wants to give you good things, scripture says, but we have to be able to listen to his voice to know uh, what that is. You know, one thing he talked about here that I think is also really, really critical is he says, um, we have to shift our attention from circumstances uh, to his power. And, and that, that really, that really got to me a lot because I think you can be so led daily by circumstances um, and be led, led forward. Like, you know, I'm concerned about this or this or this, or this, and there's so many, I feel like our days can be so raptured uh, with things that are, they're, they're like stumbling blocks. And sometimes they're offenses. Sometimes they're um, something didn't go your way or somebody canceled an appointment. Um, but we have to look at his power. Like, where is his power at work? I mean, Dave talked about being frustrated with people being late to appointments. I don't know if you remember that yeah. in there. And he yeah. said, you know, I, I'm sitting there saying, Lord, I'm, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. Why could they be late? And the Lord speaks to him and says, you get to hang out with me. Why don't you just spend 10 minutes <laughs> with me? You know, 
And so I, 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 you know, that's a big shift for someone who's, you know, like we are evident and going and blowing pretty hard and pretty fast in our schedule just to say, oh, okay, I have a moment here where I didn't, I didn't make, you know, someone didn't do what I needed them to do. So I've got a few moments here instead of filling that time with, you know, we fill our time with everything. Let me, let me scroll through my social media real quick and see what I might've missed out or, or on uh, sports center. What did I miss out on sports or maybe I need to make a phone call or maybe I need to you know send a, send out a quick text. Just stop again and say, Lord, do you need to say something to me in this moment when things didn't go the way I wanted? What do you, what do you want to say to me right now? If we would do that, I honestly think that's the whole thing about abiding. That's the whole thing about having regular conversations with the Lord in those moments to say, this didn't go how I wanted. Okay, stop and invite him into the conversation because he wants to say something. Are we willing to listen? Yeah. And I I think for me, the, the really important part of this, especially when you're going through that adversity, you're going through that challenge is recognizing that like abiding is not like a, like I do it one time at 1052 and then I've abided and I'm good. Like, I don't need to go back to God for the rest of the day. Like, especially when the pressure's on, <laughs> and I'm sure you can relate with this. You're like, a, it, it's, it, it could be every other second. It, yeah. it, it could literally be that. And it's like, it's like, okay, like, you know, God, I trust you. I'm good. You know, what do you, what do you want me to trust you for right now? I don't hear anything. Okay. God, I'm still listening. You know, what do I need to trust you for? Or God you know, lead my steps, guide my steps. God, help me through this. God, I'm feeling anxiety. God, you know, walk through that with me. And that's just like this internal conversation that that you're having. It's an internal prayer, but that's part of the abiding part. Cause I think, you know, when I went through some adversity that I've had, it it, it was like, okay, like got it. I said, I trust you. So I don't know why I need to keep trying. Like, why is this got to take six months to do? Like (laughs) I've, I'm here. I tapped out, right? Like <laughs> I, I give up, I trust you. And then it's, yeah. it's, it's like nothing, the circumstance don't feel like they change. And the, so there's this process that needs to happen. And so I think that when we talk about abiding, like it's definitely those moments, but the frequency of those moments is, is, is way more than you can, can kind of think about. And I think that's why we try to be busy. And I think that's why we try to have distractions because that naturally gets our mind off of the adversity. It naturally gets our mind off of the challenges that, that, that happen. So like what you're saying in your business, like you got, you realize that like, Hey, like things aren't where they need to be. And I know I need to be, you know, doing this. So I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to do my part. Right. Like you, we don't just sit back and be like, God, have your way. I'm going to be here watching uh, survivor for the next five seasons. Like you can't do that. So you gotta, you gotta do something, right. You gotta be, right. you gotta be part of, right. of that journey. Right. But at, at the same time, you're inviting him in. You're you're asking him to be a part of that. And and if you're just numbing yourself with you know the different distractions that you have, those distractions work. Like <laughs> you can get caught up in a show and not think about all of the the responsibilities and everything else that you have. So I think that's why it's natural for us to go to those things sometimes, because you're just like, man, this this works. But as Stephen Posey would say, they almost work, right? right. <laughs> they, they distract for a little while, but ultimately the responsibility catches up, the the challenges, the bills come due, right? And so you have to do something. So instead, we have the game plan. We, we know what we need to do. We need to just trust in God with that, abide in him and allow him to move and al- allow us to to steward that relationship, to steward whatever we're, yeah. we're doing, whether it's our family, 
yeah. whether it's our business, whether it's our time, whatever it may be, just say, hey, God, I'm, I'm here to steward what you have. Not my will, but yours be done. And if we take that posture, it's, it, it, it has much better results and we are able to finish well as opposed to getting off track because those distractions, I think, are some of the main key indicators that push us off track. It's so true. So how many seasons of uh, Survivor have you lost? I, I feel like that really connected. <laughs> no, I love Survivor. <laughs> I love it. I, I think I've watched almost every episode. Oh, okay. since so that was a little too close to home. Human, humans, <laughs> no, human studies are, are interesting to find out what people do in adverse situations. I always think it's very interesting. I was like, gosh, why don't you just do this? Or why don't you just do it? Of course, it's all yeah. edited. It's not reality. <laughs> really, it's not reality. But uh, human, human behavior is very common, uh, left to our own devices. But Again, I think it goes back to not just, I mean, abiding to, but also um, I'm learning to invite God into the into the crisis earlier because we, you know, as men, we can automatically try to fix like, okay, this happened. Okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to I'm going to take care of this instead of stopping for that moment and, and and stopping to pray and say, God, this is how I'm feeling. Let me stop and say, Lord, I invite you in right now. What what do you want me to do about this? Because that's what a real relationship is, you know, with with my wife. If there is a situation, we we talk, we work out something, we move forward. But in a relationship with Jesus, how many times do we just completely just leave him out? And then we get ourselves in these situations like, why is this turning out like this? Well, you never you never invited him into the conversation. You just went and solved it. You don't need him. You know, I think the more I live, the more I think he kind of says, well, I'll just let you figure this out. What's that like for you? Like, it's not good. Well, why don't you invite me in? Okay, I got it. And every day I have to make the choice. It's you know it gets easier, I think, but we still tend to default to human nature, which is why we need to constantly be reminded that we need a savior. So I want to I want to kind of uh, uh, pull up this this next graph that he has here, which is he calls moving towards the line. It uh, it has the positive kingdom in, impact, and then it has time from basically basically from uh, birth to death. And when, when he talks about moving towards the line, it's this kind of up and to the right. And it's the up and to the right for the ultimate goal of being maximum kingdom right. in, impact. And so as time continues, right, we can't stop time. Time is just going to continue on. But I think what we're talking about here a little bit, um, alluding to it, is a plateau of sorts. And that, that plateau could be us trying to solve the problem. A plateau could be us just giving up. A, a plateau could be um, apathy distractions, whatever, whatever you call it. But I, I think that one of the things that also really resonated with me in, in terms of what Dave was talking about was when he's like, how many, how many like of the yeah. older generation that percentage of, of the was older high. guys that, 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 so high. that I was end like, up passing Whoa, away, they don't 20%? finish well. And the frustration that happens. Yeah. The rest of it yeah. should be, yeah. right? Well, right, that was, that right, was 20% right. of uh, ministers. So that's, so those are people that really should be abiding, right? Like, like we're just we're just normal people. Like, you know, we so maybe yeah. cut it in half. I don't know. But, but that plateau, the longer that we plateau, the longer that gap, that frustration gap happens. And it, it and if we're not progressing towards that line, I think that's where, what what Dave was talking about is like many of the older guys they just give up because they're overwhelmed. They're like, there's no way I can get back to the end of this because I've plateaued for so long. And, and when you think about the life that we live and, and the roles that we have and, and, and the spiritual right. side of, of this, I, I, I feel like I talk a lot about spiritual battles because maybe it's just because I feel like like I'm more and more aware of them. 
But the spiritual battle in this instance is right. to get you to plateau. Because if if the enemy knows that you he can get you to plateau, he's gonna he's gonna keep you mm-hmm. from whatever that kingdom impact is, and that you're not gonna return back to the line. And so I think the the important part to recognize in your journey, even if you're on a plateau, and I want to speak specifically to the older generation that's maybe listening to a podcast. I don't I don't know like the demographics of of the people listening, but if you're getting to there, or you do stumble across this for some reason. If you're in that plateau and you're you're frustrated and you're saying, man, like, I know mm-hmm. I'm not walking it out. I think that was why kind of Dave closed with that last story that he had where he talked about his friend that was a landscaper and, 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 and kind of got back into it. And Dave asked him some very key questions. He's, a, a lot of it was like, do you think that's a coincidence? Or, you know, what's drawing you to that? And all he's doing is just he's just kind of a, he's prodding maybe the spirit inside of you to say, Hey, go deeper, listen more, lean into what those thoughts are, because that's, that's, that's God's voice speaking to you. And and that's all he's doing. And he has a, he has a really good way of like, he, he said it earlier. He's like, it's pretty important stuff, isn't it? Like he, like he just kind of has that way (laughs) of of just kind of like dropping it on you. And you're like, okay, Dave, you you got me. That's pretty important. But I think the important thing for, for me was, and the reason that he brought up that story was you can still finish well, even if it's just for one year. Uh, because what his wife described it as, not Dave's wife, but the guy in the example's wife, he described it as as like he was finally able to walk mm-hmm. in his purpose, this fulfillment. And I don't, th- like when I think of fulfillment, it's like me shipping you something. But I think there's another, there's another term of fulfillment that I think that ultimately we are designed to have. Like we want to yeah. hear that well done my good and faithful servant. I think that's ultimate fulfillment of knowing that mm-hmm. there was a kingdom impact line that I was striving towards and I got as close to that line as I possibly could. Uh, and be- I was able to get close to it because I was abiding in God and God saying, yes, you walked with me, you listened, you stewarded well, you fulfilled what you were here to do. You made a huge impact. You pointed people towards me. Well done, my good mm-hmm. and faithful servant. That's what abiding leads to is that ultimate fulfillment and maximum kingdom impact. I think, again, it goes back to the beginning of this conversation is like when you think with the end in mind, uh, how do I end well? Uh, yeah, we all want to end well. And, I, you know, I, the story he told at the end about the guy that you talking about the same guy that he helped. I mean, it, it was only in that one year that he said literally, I think it was like a year that I think he died a year later, he died at 59 or something. There wasn't, the span was very short, but I think, Lord, I don't want to get to that point where I I figure it out at the, you know, the last year of my life. And, you know, his wife told, told Dave, this was the, you know, the best year. Thank you for helping him live his best year. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be in that place. I think there's, that's why God sends messengers like Dave Jewett to us to say, uh, look at, look at where you are right now and say, how can I, how can I make the most wherever I am, if I'm in first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, whatever quarter you're in of your life, you've got to look at that and say, Lord, what do I need to be doing now in this process to make sure that I end well? Because we want to leave a good legacy for our children. That legacy is a legacy of a life well lived, um, lived in peace and enjoying what God's called us to do and being on purpose, knowing your purpose. I mean, that's what uh, your one degree is all about. Um, but I, I love that part of that. It really made me think about what am I not doing that I, that I need to be doing right now to make sure I'm on track. But for sure, 
abiding is one of those for sure and making sure that I'm, I'm listening to yeah. God's voice daily. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper with it um, <laughs> because I think there was actually two stories that were being told at the end. So you have your first story, which we already talked about, which is the guy who got into landscaping and realized he had more impact and lived, lived the best last year of his life, right? So that's story number one. Story number two is an example of where you're walking and abiding closer to that line uh, intentionally for as long as you possibly can. And it's a more fulfilled life. It's a, it's, it's a life of what that walking that out actually looks like. And that's the storyteller. That's Dave. So Dave is yeah. the guy who is not just going to look at the last year of his life and say, man, that was the best year of my life walking, you know, and, and having influence and making kingdom impact. Dave's been doing this for years. He's been doing this for a very, very long time. So for me, it's like, you know, like I love the example of like, it's not too late and we can definitely make it happen. And, and there's fulfillment in that. And, and God can still use that. That's awesome. But I think what we ultimately want to work towards is the Dave side of the story which is like, hey, this is what it this is what it looks like to abide. This is what it looks like to have closeness to right. God, and to recognize that you're on yeah. that that sure. kingdom impact line, and to have more and more years of that. Because I think you were alluding to it uh, earlier, where you're saying that's the kind of life that I want to have. I, I don't want right. it to be the one year. I want it to be a much longer period of time. And Dave is walking out uh, that much through through God's grace. Uh, of, a much longer period of time of kingdom impact. And we see it, right? Like I've interacted with Dave, like you were just talking about before we even hopped on the podcast, like people that we know that have that closeness and relationship with, with Dave and that he's impacted their lives. There's a lot of people that Dave has been able to impact and that fulfillment, that well done, my good and faithful servant conversation will probably be the same conversation, right? It'll be like, Hey, you, you walked and you did this. It's just like, like for for me, again, it's that fulfillment, like knowing that I was always close to that line. Uh, I was able to see God move and I was free to live how God really created me to be for a longer period of time. And I think that's where that true fulfillment comes in. Um, for David, it was it, it, it's just really a constant reminder to look at that graph and recognize where that line's going and your the role that you exactly. play in that because you do play a role in it. You still got to abide. You still got to trust God. But it, this is not a this is not a sit back and coast kind of situation because we know what happens when we plateau too. We don't want that to happen. So I, I I think if you're listening to this podcast, if you're attending Brotherhood, if you're you know a guy that's on a leadership journey and, and a spiritual journey and, and and wanting to get a better relationship and a closeness with God, this is this is your outline. This this is the path for it. God has prepared you for. A journey and he's uniquely created you to be something and the more that you abide with him the more of that he will reveal to you to where you can walk in that yeah. that that fullness i agree with all that <laughs> <laughs> well good stuff well johnny i appreciate you taking the time to, to hop on the podcast for sure with us today kind of change it up a little bit um i want to talk a little bit because I don't, I don't know Reed Hasty and is it Reed Hasty? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, has a incredible story, uh, serves at, at Mighty Oaks as one of their, one of their directors there. But, uh, you know, a guy who, uh, had some pretty amazing hopes and dreams went into military service, which we're insanely grateful for, but really had a real struggle with lots of things, uh, an incredible turnaround story. 
And I think in his story, uh, we'll find a lot of things that are common to us. I mean, our military guys, you know, I just, the more I hear those stories, you know, I, I think I come to work every day and I, I get to receive the benefit of the protection of what these guys do. And many of them, their lives are forever changed. Some of them, many of them, not for the better, uh, but finding hope in Jesus and what they're doing through Mighty Oaks is really, really good to see what's going on there. And so he's an incredible speaker and I, I can't wait for everyone to uh, hear from him, but it, it will be life-changing for us all. Yeah. So March 3rd, that's the next next breakfast that's upcoming. That's right. Make sure you get your tickets. Yep. Make sure you're attending person. We love having you here on the podcast and, and listening to us, but we also uh, would love to have you join us uh, for the actual breakfast. In person, so, for sure. With that, brothers, remember, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. We'll catch you on the next podcast. <laughs>